Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Today we start a brand new series called Soundtrack. Soundtrack. Been looking forward to this series, um, and this is going to, to last us pretty much for the month of August. And um, I, I, I want you to, to really, really just open your heart and mind because we're going to have some fun with this also, okay? And so if you're just a nod on the log, um, you're, you're going to absolutely probably walk out of here offended today. But, but let's just, let's all agree to have some fun. Can we do that? I say, can we do that? Amen. Amen. Thank you. There was a cowboy and a biker, and they were both on death row. And they were scheduled to be executed on the same day. So execution day came around, and they were both brought into the gas chamber at the same time. And the warden asked the cowboy if he had a last request, to which the cowboy replied, he says, I sure do, warden. He said, I'd be mighty grateful if you'd play achy, breaky heart for me before I have to go. Sure enough, cowboy, said the warden, we can do that. The warden then turns to the biker and he says, and biker, what's your last request? The biker said that you kill me first before you play that song. (laughs) Any country music fans in the room? Let me see show of hands. Anybody can't stand country music? We are the redeemed. We are the redeemed. There's a few country songs I like, but they're not real country. So, In this room, we represent many genres of music. I mean, there's all kinds of tastes, all different types of preferences. And it doesn't matter what style that you like to listen to. It doesn't matter what kind of music. But one thing is for certain, the method that you listen to music has changed through the years. And unless you are just ignorant, you have noticed this. And so I want us to really quickly look at the evolution of music playing formats, okay? This is kind of how it's changed for for some of us in the room. And so we're going to put this first picture up. And when you see it, I want you to tell me what that is. Come on, tell me. It's It's a vinyl record. That's right. It's a vinyl record. Anybody ever owned a vinyl record? You still do. Good. Good. Can't play it on anything, but yeah, you still have it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, let's look at this one. Anybody know what that is? It's an eight track. Eight track. Some of you parents in the room are going to have to explain this to even some of your teenagers right now, what an eight track was like, because they don't get it. They don't understand it. We'll catch up a little bit. Let's see what this one is. Cassette tape. Cassette tape, man. Cassette tapes were, were great. I remember cassette tapes. Anybody ever had any casingles? A casingle was great, man. You didn't have to buy the whole album on cassette. You just had a casingle, and it had one song on each side, and that's all you needed, man, the casingles. And then we went to, uh, to this. Let's check this one out. A CD or a compact disc. And, man, life changed with that life change. Remember the, the, the Walkmans, they had to change them from cassettes 
to an actual disc player. And so now you could have a disc player on your side with headphones coming up to your head. And we thought, man, this is great. Because nobody could imagine having a big record player on your side. Now you had a, a, a CD player on your side. It just, it changed everything. You had to be careful though, because if you were to run too fast with your CD player, it would cause it to skip a little bit. So you had to be careful. And, and, and then these things came out. And man, life has improved drastically, hasn't it? Listen, if you're one of these people that you want to argue about, no, 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 vinyl sounds better and all that, man, that's garbage. That's junk. Listen, I'm a fan. I love records. And actually, even the other day, I was in Orlando in a store and I saw some record players and I was looking at them and they still make vinyl for old and new albums. And so that's nostalgic. I love that. But man, this right here changed the game. I mean, when you look at it and you have hours upon hours of music just on one iPod. Pastor Andrew has this old iPod that he has loaded up with music. And we had a staff day out a couple of weeks ago. And he took it on the trip. And I just played DJ, man. I just sit over there while he was driving. And the, everybody in the van had to listen to, to whatever I picked off. I mean, it was thousands of songs on this iPod. I was very impressed with it, by the way, man. I asked him, I said, can I rent this? I told him, I said, I'll give you $10 if you let me take this to Tennessee with me because this will help pass the time, you know. It's, it's good stuff. The earliest memory of personally owned music for me was a 45 RPM record by the band Stillwater. Anybody ever heard of Stillwater? All both of us in the room? Good. <laughs> the song was called Mindbender. And it debuted in 1977, and I came in contact with it a few years later. And I have no idea where I got this record. No idea at all. I know mom and dad didn't buy it for me because it was rock and roll. And mom and dad were not about to buy me rock and roll. That didn't happen. But I remember coming home every day from school, putting this on my record player. And I remember taking the needle and listening to this song, Mindbender, every day. It was a unique song about this guy that walks into a pawn shop. And, and as he's standing there in the pawn shop, he looks up and he sees this old guitar. And, and the guitar begins to speak to him. And the guy is very adamant in telling you in the song that he was not high or drunk. But the guitar begins to speak to him. And through the modern technology of that time, the guitarist with the band Stillwater used an effects unit that is called a talk box. Dan, you know what I'm talking about. You know what a talk box is. Some of you have seen some of your favorite guitarists and like Peter Frampton and people like that that have the, the, the tube that comes up next to the microphone and, and, and it's connected to a talk box. And, and through that talk box, he made the guitar sound like it was speaking. And so right in the middle of the song, all of a sudden, the guitar starts talking. And, and I was amazed by it as a child, man. It just absolutely just blessed me. I'm just telling you, it blessed me. And the guitar said these words to the man in the pawn shop. He said, my daddy was a Gibson. My mama was a Fender. That's why they call me Mindbender. Whoa, that's deep, man. That is deep stuff. <laughs> and I was amazed at those effects. I've really, really looked forward to this series because I get to walk down memory lane and share with you some of these significant songs that help make up the soundtrack of my life. 
And it would be different for all of us. If you were the one up here on this stage and, and, and you were sharing this message with, with people, the songs would look different. I know they would, but, but since it's me, it's you know, my microphone and my platform right now, I get to share with you the soundtrack of my life. And, and this is going to be interesting. Now, I'm not talking about the songs that I thought were significant at the moment, but later they had no real significance at all. I'm not talking about those songs. You know, for example, there was this certain Whitney Houston song that was playing at the skating rink when the lights were down and it was a couple skate. And I was skating with a girl and I was skating backwards because I can. <laughs> and I was skating backwards. And as I was skating backwards, this certain Whitney Houston song was playing when I got my first kiss. But I'm not going to tell you the name of the song because my wife is sitting here. And every time that song would come home, she would stare at me. She would give me that look, you know. And I don't want that look. And so I'm not going to tell you the name of the song. Now it's every Whitney Houston song that comes on. She's going to be wondering. But, but that song... Didn't we almost have it all? <laughs> yes, we did. We almost did. <laughs> but now I look back, and though that song seems significant at the moment, it's so insignificant now. Is that good? Okay. Recently, I was looking through my iTunes music library, and I realized that life is a lot like my music. Because my music on my, my iPod and on my iPhone, it's very diversified. I mean, it really is. Um, it, uh, sometimes life is upbeat, just like Pharrell's happy. Yeah, it's just upbeat. It's, it's good, you know. Um, sometimes life is angry, like Metallica's Inner Sandman. <laughs> Some of you in the room that are over the age of 50 said, what? Is that devil's music? Probably, but we still rock out to it, yeah. Sometimes life is depressing like the carpenter's rainy days and Mondays. Sometimes life is just like a rainy day or a Monday, isn't it? Sometimes life is passionate like a good Barry White or Boys to Men song. Baby. Sometimes life is just a good old cry like James Taylor's Fire and Rain. And sometimes life is chaotic like Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, and you have no choice but just to join in and sing along. Everybody, I see a little silk. No, I'm just kidding. Let's just get. <laughs> Life is like a diverse repertoire of music, and every day is just different. It's different. My son in his truck, he has this, um, th this CD player that is, uh, it's also Bluetooth, but a lot of times I just want to plug into it. It's got this little USB plug on the front and you can just plug your phone in and I just want to charge my phone. I don't even want to play music. So I'll be riding down the road with him and I'll reach up and grab the cable and plug it into my phone just to charge my phone. But for some reason, the default setting is when you plug something into that USB, it will override the Bluetooth that is playing and it will automatically just start playing and it will just pick any random song on my iPhone. There's any song. So you never know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to play. And then all of a sudden, just there it is. Just like, and that's kind of like how life is sometimes. You wake up, you plug into the day, and you just don't know exactly what's going to happen. You don't know what's going down for that day, but yet you're forced to listen to it. And I don't want you to think for a moment that this catches God off guard. Here's what I've realized about God. 
God loves music. He does. God loves music. There are about 185 songs in the Bible. 150 of them are in the book of Psalms. Uh, the book of uh, Song of Solomon is an epic love song between a king and his, his lover who would become his wife. Uh, Lamentations is a set of five uh, 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 um, songs that mourn the fall of Israel. There are 575 references in the Bible to praise, singing, and music. I would say that, that God loves music. It's something that, that, that God created and, and God just loves this. And from the beginning of time, music has set the mood for the worship that God deserves. When darkness filled the face of the deep, there were a billion bright lights that pierced through the darkness and poured out a cosmic symphony. Listen to Job 38 and 7, where God described the occasion to Job like this. He said, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And even before you and I were created, there was music praising God Almighty. And since the beginning of time, creation has continued to sing his praises. From the birds of the air to the wells of the deep, all of creation sings to his glory. But it is only men and women. It is just people like you and like me created in the image of God who can make intelligent use of tone, pitch, and harmony to focus their praise on the creator of creation. And it's all throughout God's word. How did Mary respond when the angel visited her to tell her she would carry the son of God? She sang. It's the song of Mary. How did the early Christians express their faith, when, their faith when they gathered together? They sang. And in eternity, what is the one thing that we will be certain of that will occupy some of our time in heaven? It's singing praises to God with other saints. And that seems fitting since heaven is the birthplace of music. And, and, and here's what I thought about. I can't imagine hell with music or heaven without it. I'm fairly certain according to the book of Revelation, that we will sing when we get there. John, in his apocalyptic vision, wrote in Revelation chapter 7, he said this in verse 9, he said, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. Listen, standing in front of the throne and before Jesus Christ. Verse 11 says, And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings, and they fell before the throne with the faces, their faces to the ground, and they worshipped God. And verse 12 says, They sang amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever amen then there was another John John Newton who echoes John's writings in Revelation in the last verse of a hymn that is probably many of your favorites called amazing grace when he said when he penned these words when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the Sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun God loves music God loves it and now that I've depressed some of you because you can't sing, let this one verse speak to you. Psalm 100 and verse 1, it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So there's hope for some of you. Throughout God's word, music sets the tone for humanity to encounter God. 
Maybe you didn't come from a background of church and you wonder, or, or maybe not a church like ours, and you wonder, why, why do you guys sing so much? Why do you sing every week? Because we're setting that stage for our encounter with the Most High. We're setting that moment where we can experience the presence of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that floods into this room, even a middle school cafeteria, to, to allow us to be in the presence of God. And we usher that in with praise to Him. Today, I want to show you how choosing the right song today can prophesy into your life tomorrow. I want you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Joe, don't go too far, man. I'm almost done. Almost done. I promise you. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Let me set this up for you. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And the southern kingdom of Judah is facing a very tough opponent because there are three nations that have teamed up to destroy them. The kingdom of Israel, the nation of Israel, they're in, they're in two parts right now. The northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And, and these three nations are ready to wipe out Judah. And in the midst of this turmoil, they somehow find the ability to sing. How many of you have ever been in a situation to where you just did not want to sing? You didn't feel like singing. There was no joy in your life. I've been there, man. I've been there. I've been there this year. Where just you don't feel like it. Somehow these people get the courage, the strength, the wisdom to sing. And I want us to read, starting at verse 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Don't miss his words. Listen to what he's saying. The king says, Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. Just hold your spot there just for a moment. The king, Jehoshaphat, sends out the praise team out in front of the army. And they sang these words, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. This has to be one of the craziest military strategies anybody has ever come up with. I mean, when you think about it, if, if I'm going to battle, and, and no offense here at all, I don't want anybody to be offended by this, especially these people that volunteer their time, but if I'm going to battle against a neighboring community or anything, I, I'm not necessarily putting this praise team and these band members on the front line. There's nothing against you guys. I love you, but there's some bigger guys in this church, man. That's who I want on the front line. 
This is one of the craziest military strategies that has ever been used. But there is one thing that I know that will drive the enemy insane, and that is a song that declares the truth. Listen, when you start singing songs that declare the truth of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when you start singing songs of deliverance, when you start declaring and prophesying over your life through songs that you sing, it will absolutely drive the enemy insane. I want you to look at verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. At first, when I read this, I thought, well, maybe, maybe Judah's singing was just so bad that the enemies of Judah would rather be dead than to listen to that, you know, kind of like the biker in, the, in prison, you know. Maybe, maybe they just, you know. But, but here's what happens. It, it hit me that the song that you sing before the battle will, will determine the faith that you have in the battle. And some of you, you haven't got that yet. You haven't, that hasn't registered in your mind that the song that you sing before the battle will determine how much faith you have in your God during the battle. There's power in it. And I'm not just talking about music when I talk about the song that you sing. I'm talking about your mindset. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about what's going on deep inside of you. Your heart song. What's really being said. Because when you learn to praise God long before you get to the battlefield, you're going to trust God while you're on the battlefield. So let me ask you this. What song is your soul singing right now? that will give you the victory tomorrow. Because here's, here's the truth, too many people are singing their own funeral songs is what it is. You're stuck singing Love Stinks and I'm a Loser Baby when you need to be singing We Are the Champions. That's what you need. You need to be singing something over yourself that is going to build you up. And the soundtrack of your life, it will determine the outcome of your life. And so what is your life song saying right now? What is your mindset? And so in closing, I, I want to share something very intimate with you. I want to share with you a very significant song that is part of my life soundtrack. All the songs I've shared with you today, they're all insignificant to me, but this one is very significant. I should have prepared you. During our wedding on August 12th, 1995, Mandy and I had her dad stand at the foot of the stage and sing a song to us while we were on kneeling bench. Little did we know that about 10 months later, our lives would be shaken as Mandy would be diagnosed with cancer. 
We had no way of knowing that the song that we picked for our wedding in August would prophesy into our lives. There was no way to know that. The song is called, I Will Go There With You by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I want you to listen to the second verse and then the chorus of this song. And think about our lives. I see it in your tears. see it in your tears you wonder where you are the wind is growing colder and the sky is growing dark and though it's something neither of us understands we can walk through this together if we hold each other's hand I said for better or for worse I'd be with you So no matter where you're going, I will go there too. The chorus says, I will take a heart whose nature is to beat for me alone and fill it up with you, make all your joy and pain my own. No matter how deep a valley you go through, I will go there with you. And then it says these words that invites Christ in. It says, and I will give myself to love the way love gave itself for me. And climb with you to mountaintops or swim a raging sea. To the place where one heart is made from two, I will go there with you. Ten months earlier, I had no idea when we said we want this song in our wedding, we had no idea how cold, how dark, how deep a valley we would have to walk through with cancer. But we prophesied over our lives. It was a mindset. And it became part of the soundtrack of our lives. So let me ask you, what are you singing over yourself? What are you declaring for your life? What praises to him are you declaring right now? Because the enemy hates truth and song. He hates it. So what does the soundtrack of your life sound like? What song are you singing in your heart right now that can give you the victory tomorrow? Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church for Life's Journey.